Hello and welcome to Mendu Disney, episode number one, Keys to the Kingdom. I'm Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. Hello, everyone. And Tom. Hey, guys, what's up? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your everyday life. So, put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. How are we doing tonight, guys? Doing well. Doing very well. Excited to uh, get this underway. So, just as a brief introduction, in this podcast series, we're going to cover in depth every aspect of the Walt Disney World Resort, including trip planning, attractions, history, food, beverages, shopping, and more. With our experiences and views, we hope to offer kind of a unique perspective on Walt Disney World, not that of a travel agent who wants to sell you a trip. And not that of an Orlando resident who goes to the park all the time, but as people who very rarely get to go to Disney World and really want to make the most of our time there. Although we're all obviously men and adults, we don't plan on exclusively catering to people who are just like us. Some of our podcasts may drift into the adult realm uh, when they do, as I'm sure we will have an episode coming up about Consuming adult beverage at each country at Epcot. But uh, when, when those types of topics come up, we'll try to let everyone know in advance so that uh, we can put the proper earmuffs on the children. So with that being said, I'd like to introduce our podcasters. Uh, first off, my name is Pete. I grew up a lifelong Disney fan. I can remember watching Snow White, Cinderella, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, all the Disney Yeah, because you're pretty old. I am pretty old. Uh, actually, my first trip was to Disneyland in 1989, uh, so that kind of dates me. Uh, but that's been followed by many Disney World trips since then. How about you guys, Matt? Yeah, so my name's Matt. I have been to Disney World so many times that I lost count around 15 or 16. However, I've been to Disney World as a young person, a child, as a teenager, and as an adult. So I'm excited to bring some of my unique experiences to all of you. And like Pete said, I just want to you know, share with you my experience and let you know what the fun things are to do. How about you, Tom? Yeah, my name's Thomas, a lifelong Disney fan and also a Disney vacationer. Uh, fortunate enough that my family, I guess, had a, a love for Disney as well uh, and, and would take us on multiple trips. Uh, like Matt, started going at a young age. I was about five years old. It was uh, 1996. Uh, and I've been almost every year since. Uh, so it's been quite a ride for me in, in Disney World. Um, just like the other guys, I've never lived in Florida, nor have I had anyone in my family that's associated with a travel agency. We have truly gone to Disney for the uh, love and vacation uh, options they provide to a family. As I've grown older, I've actually worked to understand the ins and outs of the magic at Disney. And uh, excited to share my passion and knowledge of Disney with all of you guys and hopefully give you a better understanding and help you when you work to plan your trip in the future. And one of the fun things about this podcast is all of us have been to Disney World and we've all been to Disney World together, but not all together. I took one trip with Peter and I've taken a couple of Thomas. So um, we can really try and hit this from all angles. And, and I think it's important too to note that Depending on who you go with, your Disney trip can be very different. If you're with your family, if you're with your friends, if you're with your girlfriend, your wife, your kids, 
every one of those trips is a very different and unique experience. Disney trips can be what you make them. And I guess that kind of speaks to why we all keep going. Sure, we've been there dozens of times a piece, but every trip is different depending on who you're there with. So what about favorite parks? Matt, what's your favorite park? This question, and I get it a lot, it, it changes from time to time, but my favorite park right now is Disney Hollywood Studios. I really enjoy the thrill ride aspect of Disney Hollywood Studios. So I love Disney's Tower of Terror. I love Rock and Roller Coaster. And I love to end my night with an evening at Fantasmic. I think it's the best show on Disney property. And, you know, when you put that whole trifecta together, it's a really good evening. Pete, what about you? I, I agree with you. I like the thrill rides at Hollywood Studios. I, I have trouble with the fact that Hollywood Studios is very lacking in the attractions department right now. I will say that, well, Fantasmic is my favorite show at Disney World right now. So it's hard to pass up Hollywood Studios. For me, my favorite park is Epcot. There's a couple different reasons for that, regardless of the fact that Future World basically never changes. It's definitely a dated Future World at this point. World Showcase seems like it's always evolving. There's always something new. There's always some new food item to eat. There's always some new beverage to drink. There's always a new show to see at World Showcase. It's it's something that feels alive and, and constantly evolving. I could go to, say, the China Pavilion three different times and see something different or notice something different every single time. And that's really cool to me. That's sort of speaks to why I go back to Disney as much as I do. Tom, how about you? Yeah, I can definitely agree with you on the Epcot piece. Um, we were fortunate enough to go to Food and Wine. Uh, Pete and Pete and I and a couple of buddies went. and It's a completely different experience at Epcot, so I'll agree. It's, it's ever-changing, but for me, favorite park has got to be Magic Kingdom. Uh, I'm a big Walt Disney fan. Love looking into the history of Disney World, and his fingerprints are all over it. Um, Magic Kingdom is actually the first park I went to as a child. Uh, and one of my best memories is seeing Cinderella's Castle, followed closely by riding Dumbo. That's a good ride. Don't don't, <laughs> don't let it fool you. You're not the first child to to really get captivated by Dumbo. I've I've heard some stories about you and Dumbo, but look, you, you're definitely not alone at being at Magic Kingdom being your favorite park. It's it's obviously the most attended theme park in the world, and when you go, you're going to see it's the most crowded theme park at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. And for good reason. It's especially now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, for good reason. It's a it's a very well designed theme park. Uh, it's got everything that it needs, and um, people love it for that reason. Yeah, I, th- I think what what they've been able to to do, and obviously they've got a park like I've heard you say it before, and we've talked a little bit off air, but Magic Kingdom may be the only park at Disney World right now where you could drop anywhere in the country, alone, freestanding, and it would be at least. Uh, worth a day trip for a family oh for sure and that's the place that you know we're gonna get ahead of ourselves here but i'd recommend everyone starting their trip at the magic kingdom i i think that that says a lot but trip planning is a very delicate science uh as as these guys will be the first to attest i'm kind of a you're a disciplinarian on what what how the trip should be I was I was trying to think of the proper word. I'm I'm kind of a drill sergeant when it comes to trip planning. I'm a very up at six in the park by seven, back back in bed by midnight and do the whole thing over the next next day kind of guy. Midnight. <laughs> it, it just depends. Is there extra magic hours? 
I mean, if there are, we might not be in bed till two or three. But it, but again, that goes into your planning. And so I'm going to take advantage of all those things. I absolutely am. And getting ahead of ourselves a little bit in our next episode, we'll talk about the decision to stay or not to stay on Disney property. And those things will play into the decision. So, um, but, but speaking of to stay or not to stay on Disney property, what about you guys' favorite hotels, Tom? Yeah, I am. Um... So I'm a little bit like Pete, probably maybe because I've gone on trips with him and, and also utilized him as a resource for my own personal trips uh, that I've taken with my girlfriend, Heidi, who you'll hear about all throughout the podcast. Uh, but I, I'm a bit on the side of maybe a value resort hotel. Uh, I, I like to spend my days in the park. Uh, maybe not as much as Pete does. I did go with him and we did walk a record 47 miles in, in three days, but uh, the value resorts are cool, and if I had to pick one, I'd probably say All Star Sports. You know, I'm I'm almost in the same same kind of category as you. So for the for those of you that do not know, Disney has value. They have moderate. And they have deluxe. And they also have deluxe villas. So you can make your Disney trip whatever you want to make it. Um, you know, for me, I kind of tend towards the the value resorts because I'm not in the hotel room a lot. Kind of like Pete alluded to when I go to Disney. I'm trying to make the most out of my Disney trip, but I'm like Thomas. I like I like the All Star Resorts. So I'm I'm trying to you know do the most bang for my buck, and so most of the time that is staying in a, a value style resort. Um, those are about a hundred to hundred fifty dollars throughout the year, but um, that's what I do. I mean that's where I grew up, and that's how you make the most out of the park, in my opinion. But Pete, what about you? So I have not been fortunate enough to stay at a deluxe resort. I can tell you, having talked to people that have, that if you want to have a, if you want to pamper yourself, if you want to have a just exquisite experience, that the deluxe resorts are the way to go. Nothing can beat staying in the Animal Kingdom villas, overlooking the giraffes. You know, you go on your balcony and there's giraffes right there. Come on. Who else does that? Can't beat that. So, but I, I will say I've, I've stayed at several moderate resorts. I've stayed at several value resorts. And again, I agree with you guys. It's it's hard to beat the value, um, <clears throat> particularly in off-season. You're paying 90 to $100 a night, which is the same price you're going to pay staying right outside the main gate at any of the chain hotels. Plus, you get all the Disney benefits. Now, the accommodations may not be the best in the world, but they're clean. They're, for the most part, well-themed transportation's great. So again, kind of getting ahead of myself into the decision to stay or not to stay at the parks. But but I agree with you guys. I, I like the value resorts and I particularly like Pop Century. I think that it's, as one of the newer value resorts, it's kind of the nicest, uh, that along with Art of Animation. <clears throat> Plus we paid a little bit extra to stay close to the transportation. So, which is something that bothers me about the all-star sports and music and what's the other one movies is that uh, the transportation is shared between the three of them. That was kind of why we went to pop century. If I, if I can add something, I um, have seen where the transportation has been shared. Heidi and I, when we went on our last trip, it was uh, last year, actually. Um, yeah. Almost last year to the date. God, we're creeping up on June, but um, we stayed at the all-star and they had separate buses for each all-star resort. And, and I know we're, we're creeping into the peak season and, and this, you know, a lot of folks like to travel there in the summer, but 
Um, that was we never waited more than ten minutes for a bus. And, and that may have been a volume thing. That may have been a summer thing. But I can tell you, if you go during value season, that it is shared transportation, and it is miserable waiting. <laughs> you know, you're you're staying at All Star. I think sports is the last one. Sports is sports is first. <clears throat> sports is first. Yep. Dropped off and last picked up or something like that. Anyway, it's transportation is a big thing, and and with. With Disney bringing out this new transportation that you can pay a little extra for, um, I've never done it before, but I've I've uh, will definitely investigate that next time we go. I think we can all agree that staying on Disney property is the way to go. A big question for me is, guys, what are you looking forward to in the future the most that Disney's bringing on? Matt, how about you? So I've been to Disney World a lot over the years, like we've talked about, but at the same time, I was there for Disney's twenty fifth anniversary. And in just a few years, you're talking about Disney's 50th anniversary in Walt Disney World in Florida. There are going to be a million things that are, well, not a million, a couple things, but a couple things you should all get really excited for. And the very first one of those is actually going to open up. And then, you know, this month, it's um, Pandora, the world of Avatar. And that's going to be the very first Disney kind of experience of like having your own world. And Pete, I don't know if, Actually, I know you. I know you like to speak on this. Like, Pete, what do you think about the Pandora World of Avatar? Uh, no, I I agree a hundred percent. It's something that I'm really looking forward to seeing, particularly in the light of the fact that it's first. It's Disney's first real immersive experience. You know, you look at a park like Magic Kingdom. You go to Fantasyland. It's great. You see all the fantasy tropes, but it's not immersive. So this is. This is Disney's first real attempt at an immersive experience. And I think it's a really important thing for them. I think this kind of sets the stage for Star Wars Land and for uh, Toy Story Land to come. Yeah, you, you have a lot of exciting things happening right now for Disney. And, and Pete, I kind of I kind of threw you a softball there. But yeah, P- Pandora, the World of Avatar, is something I'm excited for. Because that is going to be something like you haven't seen at Disney before. No, you haven't, and I'm excited about it because you've got basically two rides at Pandora, and that's it. The rest of it is driven by theming, theming of the land, theming of restaurants, and so it's, I don't know if I would put it as a make or break moment for Disney, but it's it's close to that because it, it does. It sets the stage for, hey, can Disney pull this off? And can they either keep this momentum going for Star Wars and Toy Story Land, or do they need to change something? Well, I think that you're going to see Animal Kingdom kind of grow here because you talk about the rides that you want to see when you're in Animal Kingdom. And tops on the list for me is Kilimanjaro Safari. Like, I think that is one of the top rides at Disney because they really did encompass what Animal Kingdom was about. And you go on that ride and you feel like you're on the savannah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that, that is a very immersive ride, but that's a very small part of Animal Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Hey, can I add something on that? A little small part of Animal Kingdom? It's actually larger than Magic Kingdom, the ride itself. But anyway. <laughs> well, no, I, I understand that. I understand that. But you're still talking about one ride at a, at a park which... Is a half-day it, no, park. It, it, it's, it's a half-day park right now, Pete, but at the same time, it's growing. Expedition Everest, before Seven Doors Mine Train, that that was the newest roller coaster in Walt Disney World, and that is a great roller coaster. 
It, no, it, it is. I agree with you 100%. But look, you're, you've got two parks. You've got Animal Kingdom and you've got Hollywood Studios that are both right now half-day parks. Disney has been trying to extend them with, you know, Animal Kingdom, uh, the, the Tree of Life projection show with Rivers of Light um, into, into a full-day park. And, you know, it's, it, Pandora's kind of the make or break. Hey, is this going to work? Um, same with Star Wars Land and same with Toy Story Land. Hollywood Studios doesn't have a whole lot going for it right now. And well, I, I think, though, at, at, both, at both stages, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but, you know, Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom have a lot of growth coming in the next couple of years. I know Thomas wants to touch on that. Thomas, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, yeah, being, being at the age I guess I'm at now, I grew up on Toy Story. Uh, and, and I... While Magic Kingdom is my favorite park, I'm certainly a thrill junkie and do enjoy the thrill rides nowadays. I'm going to agree with Pete here on the importance of Pandora. And my phrase is always, it's the Band-Aid that's going to help relieve some park pressure and some attendance pressure from Magic Kingdom. Uh, There there needs to be another park that can draw crowds. You know, Epcot's doing what it can with all the different festivals year-round. But from an excitement level, Star Wars Land is obviously huge for Disney World and for the people it's going to bring to the park, but Toy Story Land means so much to me. I'm a huge Toy Story fan. Um, grew up on the movies, grew up adoring the characters, uh, and and now that I've seen what Disney did with Toy Story Mania, I've had a, a chance to ride that on multiple trips and, and study the history behind it, how it was made, and the detail inside of the ride. The, the expect, expectations are through the roof for me on Toy Story Land. And if Disney continues in the same vein with Toy Story Land and with all these expansions that it did with Toy Story Midway Mania, I think I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to set themselves up well because look at how popular Midway Mania has been. I mean, they had to open a open a third um, track, ride third line. track, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Track. And and the waits are still 60, 70 minutes even with that. So I think they're heading in the right direction. I, look, it's it's Disney. My my love for Disney is evident right now, but. It's important. And and with that being said, I'm most excited for Star Wars Land. I've been a lifelong Star Wars fan. Grew up watching the Star Wars movies. And again, I, I really am looking forward to what Disney can do with this fully immersive experience. And from, from everything that I've heard about what Star Wars Land is going to be, they're going to do it right. So... Well, Pete, well, Pete I'd, like, I'd like to go ahead and say that good things come in threes. And you talk about Pandora, you talk about Toy Story Land, and then your favorite Star Wars Land coming. Disney knows what they're doing. Good things come in threes. If I can add something to the to the Star Wars Land, while I'm extremely excited, not as big of a Star Wars fan as Pete, have either of you read the reports on the potential Millennium Falcon Hotel that may be arriving in Hollywood Studios in, in 2020, the near future? I have, and it's it sounds incredible, you know. And, and again, that goes back to the fully immersive experience. Look, you're you are staying in the Millennium Falcon. I mean, you're there's Jedi training, there's lightsabers, yeah. <laughs> there's there's missions. I mean, come on. So. If they can pull that feat off, with Disney World is with the with the the um, audience and the following that Star Wars has. You talk about people, not only folks who have been to Disney that want to see it, but there's a whole audience that Disney hasn't tapped into. And you have people who are diehard Star Wars fans that maybe haven't visited. They're holding off waiting for this. 
I I agree. And one of the one of the best decisions that Disney well Disney's made a couple of great decisions in the last few years. Buying Lucas and buying Marvel were were two of them. Um, now you've got the rumor that about Apple buying Disney, and you know whether or not there's any truth to that, who can say? But um, all I'm going to say is buy Disney stock <laughs> if you can afford it right now. Not well, sure. you know what? One thing is I look forward to every time I talk to Peters. He gives me some stock advice, and if you guys want to follow Pete here, I would. Buy Disney. I'm going to do it. I don't buy know about Apple, you, Tom. Buy Apple, too. Yeah, and, 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 hey, hey, why not? Why not? Right. How, so, I mean, how much, how much money do they have? You know, Apple's got so much so much cash. And, 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 again, that's why it would make so much sense. Apple's in everything but media distribution right now. And Disney would give them kind of that, uh, that in. A platform, for sure. So, so guys, if you buy some Disney or Apple stock on our, our recommendation – Please subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, we'll have an address. You can go ahead and send us a check at the end. Uh, so, But no, I, I do have something else that I'm really looking forward to uh, in the future. And it, it's kind of cheating because neither one of you can top this. So I, I have a three-month-old daughter. So one of the things I'm most looking forward to is taking her to Disney World for the first time and walking her down Main Street and having her see Cinderella Castle and watching her eyes just light up. And I've, I've never been with a kid who's experienced that for the first time. So it's it's going to be something really special. Just really, really magical. Oh my gosh, yeah. I can only... Yeah, for sure. So so speaking of magical, what um, what is what is you guys' most magical Disney moment? Tom, how about you? Hold on, guys. Looking for a tissue after Pete's uh, sentimental story about his daughter. <laughs> You know, my favorite Disney memory is probably a tie at this point. Um, as it's been stated numerous times, I've been to Disney a ton, right? And you can pull from any kind of memory, but nothing like your first trip to Disney. If any of you listeners out there um, are interested in going to Disney or kind of feeling it out, I can't recommend it more. I mean, it's... it's and uh, call me, because I'll go with you. <laughs> we all are willing to go with you. Uh, you know, just you flip our bill and we'll meet you down there. We'll be your personal tour guide. I will plan the whole trip for you, actually. Yeah, we got a free, <laughs> a free travel planner over here. Free uh, drill sergeant. Yeah, free, free. That's the truth. But anyway, you know, for Disney, like I said, memory's probably a tie. The first time I saw Cinderella's Castle and and um, had a chance to ride Dumbo, that was pretty neat. But the second is <laughs> is when I got to take my girlfriend. I took uh, Heidi, and you're, like I said earlier, you're going to hear a lot about her um, uh, for the first time in 2016, and. To see Disney in that viewpoint, when you're going with a significant other, whether that be girlfriend, wife, husband, um, Disney is is so unique that they have learned or, or they have discovered a way to offer a vacation that caters to all. And, um, you know, no matter what age you are, how many times you've been, your first or your hundredth trip, you're going to find something new and you're going to have a blast at Disney. I don't know if it's going to be tough to talk about I mean, yeah, I agree. Your first trip, your hundred trip, it's always going to be unique Disney experience. Um, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the fun stuff that we've done, but I'll go ahead and let you know. Um, my, my, my memory that sticks with me was as a 12-year-old, um, you know, I was, I was in that teenage year, so I didn't really want to hang out with mom and dad, but I broke away for a little bit. And I went to um, Cinderella's Royal Table and let them know that I was trying to have some lunch. 
And thankfully, this is a little bit after the lunch crowd really went through. So I actually got a table at Cinderella's table. Anyway, um, I went up there and I, I actually went there the night before with my family. And I said, I had like a table for one. And they said, oh, okay, well, then what's your last name? What's your reservation number? And I said, I don't have one of those. And they said, well, is your family going to join you? And I said, no, no, it's just me. And they said, well, okay, well, do you have any money with you? Because that's a 12-year-old. Like, who actually has money? And I showed them a little bit of money. And they said, all right, well, come on, let's go. So I actually had a great seat. I, um, I sat at the window. And I had the prime rib because that's what I had the night before. And that's the only thing I really knew what I should get. Um, I was actually overlooking my family, like, waiting in line at um, the, the carousel there, right right behind Cinderella's Castle, depending on where you're looking at it. But, um, yeah, I had, the, I had the prime rib, and I was fortunate enough to leave to know it to know enough to leave a tip and it was great so, <laughs> so 12 so 12 years old prime rib at cinderella's royal table i mean what window can seat. i say i was cultured plus, plus a window seat he had a meal that that people would die for and at that point uh, ladies and gentlemen cinderella's royal table was a one dining credit it's now a two so he got a deal <laughs> well i spent all the money i had left so I did a good job there. Well, Pete, what about you? I know you've had some special memories at Disney. I no, I definitely have. Um, but and and you know there were there were lots of memories from my most recent trip, which was with Tom and a couple other guys. Men do Disney. Um, men do Disney, and and we had a lot of memories there. We had Hawaiian Shirt Day, um, which was great. <laughs> we had. A night at the poolside bar at, at Caribbean or at uh, Coronado Springs. Uh, how how was that night, Tom? Tom, do you remember? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> Disney is cool. They let you bring a pre-mixed drink to the bar, apparently, because I brought a couple. <laughs> uh, but no, the uh, the Coronado Springs offers uh, a decent nightlife if you're into that kind of thing. They definitely do. They definitely do. So, but now my favorite. Disney memory has to be the the trip before last that I took with my wife, and uh, we we went for a couple days. On our last day, we ate at Tony's Town Square in Magic Kingdom. Tony's Town Square does not get a lot of love from Disney aficionados, which is which is kind of crazy. Well, the food's not super, <laughs> except for the calamari. Love the calamari, but the location is great. Tony's Town Square is, when you're walking up Main Street, it's it's right on the right-hand side. So it was in a perfect position for us to watch the Electric Light Parade, and, and we did. I made a reservation at the right time, and the cast member that we had planned everything out perfectly. He actually brought us our coffee and our dessert as the Electric Light Parade started. So I, I really couldn't have asked for a more perfect end to our evening and, and to our trip. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm the the one person here who has not taken their significant other to Disney at this point. Um, Thomas and Pete both have, but I mean, and, and that'll so, happen soon. It, it will happen soon because, um, well, let me go ahead and tell you, my wife is not the biggest like amusement park. Let's hang out in a park for hours on end. She's more like, let's go on the beach, let's hang out, let's have a mimosa at 11 a.m. But, um, Pete, 
I can't imagine like what that was really like. Cause I know you're the planner, but well, did you really plan that? No, I absolutely did. I, I made a reservation about an hour and a half before the parade started. We got there a little bit early for our reservation. I told him I wanted to sit at the porch. And it, in fact, they they did a little Lady in the Tramp style for us. They actually pulled out the striped tablecloth and put a little candle on our on our table. And so it was it was great. It really was. Now, I will say, Matt, you've got two strategies to get her to go with you. One, you know, you go back to what Tom alluded to that, look, you can make this Disney trip whatever you want. If you want to hang out by the pool all day and you want to go to a swim up bar and, and drink from the swim up bar. We can do that. Or you just straight up lie to her and you tell her that you're going to, <laughs> you're going to the beach in Florida and you just roll up to Disney. <laughs> so, so half the battle is just getting her there, I guess. I, you know, I think once you get there, she's going to have a great enough time that she won't hate you for too long. Well, well yeah, I, I, I agree with you there, Pete. And you know, Pete didn't, your wife wasn't like so keen on a Disney trip, but she changed her tune. No, she absolutely did. And the first time my wife and I went, she actually went for the Princess Half Marathon. And so she got up at 3 o'clock and ran the Half Marathon and then somehow managed to walk around Hollywood Studios the next day with me. Be- now, Tom, how many how many miles did we walk? Hit, hit, you know, let me hit the first. His poor wife. He was waiting at the finish line not to congratulate her, but to tell her they had a reservation and they needed to get moving. <laughs> um, no, and then Pete, I, I went on a trip with Pete uh, last year as well. I went to, fortunate enough to go to Disney twice. Um, he, he he went to bed. I think we drove to Disney on a Wednesday night or something. Got in because he, he directed us the wrong way. We got in at like 3 a.m. And uh, at 6 Pete is waking everyone up. It's time to go. It's Disney time. Don't, don't, no matter. The park didn't open until 9, but it was time to get up and, and get your mind right for the 47 miles we were going to walk in the next three days. 47 miles. You know what? Not only, not only was it 47 miles, but I kicked it into high gear at least six times in that trip. So, and at this point, I think it's, I think I should tell all of our listeners that men do Disney. That's the name of our podcast, and it came upon a men do Disney trip, and Thomas will tell you that it was his Disney trip, and I'm going to let him explain why. So I'll tell you guys, uh, you know, to our listeners out there, we had a little bit of a crazy idea, maybe maybe some, some beverages were included prior, but we planned a Disney trip with me and Pete and two guys who had never ventured out to, uh, to Disney World. And uh, to build some to build some suspense and excitement around the trip, we, we had a group message, obviously, making sure everyone could get off of work and, and get down to Disney. And and when iPhone came out with where you could name your group text, we just named it Mindu Disney. And it, and it stuck like glue. And uh, ever since then, we have been the, the crew that, you know, not the crew, the men that did Disney. So it's uh, it was a heck of a trip. And, and you're absolutely right. It was a it was an up at six in bed at one or two or three or you know whatever but hey we we did disney we did everything at disney and those guys saw those guys saw everything they wanted to so with that being said we'll go ahead and close out our podcast for tonight um just briefly about the next episode which should be coming out about the same time as this one we're going to discuss the decision to stay or not to stay on disney property i think we've already kind of alluded to 
how we feel about that. But we'll kind of go over through our decision-making process and what some of the factors are. And finally, we're going to close each week with a Disney secret of the week. And this is, again, going to hail back to that Men Do Disney group text. Uh, every day, we would send out a Disney secret of the week along with a countdown. 39 days until Men Do Disney. And I think we started at what? 80, 80 or 90 days? 80. Started so I think 80. we've got 90 secrets ready to roll already. So, Tom, if you would, let's go ahead and go with uh, this week's secret. Yeah, absolutely. This, uh, this still gets me jacked up going over these secrets. That was a, a cool way to count down a trip. Uh, but anyway, for our listeners out there, uh, if you, whether you've been to Disney or not, did you know that as you walk around Magic Kingdom, you're actually on the second or third floor of a massive utility structure? Uh, when Walt was designing Magic Kingdom, he wanted to hide the employees of Disney, the characters, necessities like trash collection, the food was running from one, one part of the park to the other. He didn't want any of the guests to see that. He wanted them to be unsettled in their vacation, fully immersed in the magic of Disney World. And so initially he uh, suggested tunnels, but then learned that in Florida, the uh, high water table made that impractical. So the solution, Walt being as creative as he is, Designed a three-story concrete and steel structure. Uh, the first floor houses walkways, utilities, kitchens, break rooms, storage, trash collection, pretty much you name it. Uh, and w- when you arrive outside of the park, you're actually going to walk up a slight incline. That is you going from the first floor to the second floor. Uh, it's pretty seamless. Guests don't even realize it's there. Uh, this also extends over parts of Main Street, Fantasyland, Tomorrowland, all throughout Magic Kingdom. And when you actually get to Cinderella Castle, the uh, center of Magic Kingdom, you're on the third floor of this gigantic building. Uh, so it's it's quite impressive. And I've heard rumor that the utilidors, which would, would be your entrance to this, this structure, are unlocked and easily accessible to uh, Disney Park visitors as Walt, or as the Disney employees, rather, walk into the park as if they're a visitor because no one you don't want to notice them in their uniform. So I've never done it, but I've heard you can easily access the entrance here. Yeah, and so um, that's not necessarily a challenge to any of our listeners, but I don't know. I don't know. Try your luck. <laughs> and let us know. <laughs> yeah, let, let us know if you can actually do it. Because um, I don't think any of us are going to risk a lifetime ban from Disney parks to no, see the no, YouTube. No, we're not. <laughs> There's enough of that online. Well, well, Matt, do you want to hit on – Matt had an interesting work experience I'd love for him to share with the group. Yes, yeah, so um, a couple years ago, in a, in a past life, I actually went to Walt Disney World, and I went at about 3 a.m. on a Monday or Tuesday morning. I, I can't remember exactly when, but um, I went to Space Mountain, and I walked through all these tunnels that Thomas just alluded to, and they're really cool. Um, you can literally go to the back of the park and just all of a sudden be in Tomorrowland. Um, it was cool, though, because I don't know if you guys have ever been in Space Mountain when the lights are on, but um, it's it's a pretty cool experience. Uh, you can see the cars going, and it's it's really neat. But, um, but yeah, I, mean, I think unless Thomas or Pete have more to add, I think that's all for us this week. You guys got anything? Well, I just I want to know, did they let you ride Space Mountain with the lights on at 3 <laughs> in the morning? Yeah, um, I was I was there to work, so they well, did not did, let me do that. 
Well, did you at least get the next day off? Because that's a pretty early morning. Actually, I worked until about 8 o'clock that night, so I didn't get any time off. So I started my day. why you don't work there anymore. Well, at the the same time, I never imagined that work would bring me to Disney World. I mean, come on. Disney World, guys. Yeah, you can't beat that. Well, guys, that's all for us this week. This podcast's intention was to provide a bit of an introduction to each of us and what Disney World means to us, and really what we want this podcast to be about. There's going to be a lot more as we get this podcast going. If you liked us, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps us out. Also, look for our next episode, which should be out at about the same time as this introduction. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.